You may be wondering why I played that this week instead of next. Um, so the Skit guys, we play a lot of their videos here, but they actually are coming out with a movie. Friday it opens in the theaters, and so it's called Family Camp. Uh, and uh, uh, kind of part of the, uh, they asked us, so they asked, they've asked several churches. It's not like they just called me specifically. <laughs> But they've asked several churches to, to play that video this week to help encourage people to go see the video. What they would really like is uh, a Christian movie to be able to be number one in, in, uh, in theaters over the weekend rather than uh, whatever it is that's coming out again. So I would highly encourage you, those of you who are watching at home, it is okay to go outside, go to a movie, put your mask on, do whatever you got to do. If it, but go out, check it out, spend some time with it, go see it uh, Friday. You can go see it Saturday. That counts towards the weekend box office as well. So anyway, the other thing that I want to announce, uh, two other things that are happening this week. On Tuesday, Ryan Stevenson will be playing at... Now, I got to tell you, <laughs> do not show over the door with cash. You're not going to get let in. You got to go online today or tomorrow and buy tickets. The link is on our... If you go to our Facebook page, you can go buy it there. You can go on and you can buy it at Journey uh, downtown venue, but do not show up with cash. Uh, they, they, they just will not, uh, they, they, uh, I have no control there at this point and they will not allow you in. And so uh, please, please, please prepay for your tickets. Um, and uh, so that's number one. And then on Wednesday, Wednesday, we will be doing worship night here. So um, if you're watching at home, you will not be able to receive that by streaming. You will have to come to watch that here. So, all right, we're going to dive in into week two of Fail Forward. And, uh, you know, yesterday at men's group, we were talking about doubting. And I'm still kind of in this series of doubt. I'm kind of trying to think of how to move forward. And anybody, anybody sometimes find yourself doubting, doubting God. And, and, and really, I get it. I do. Uh, I doubt God occasionally. Uh, I doubt things that happen. More often than doubting God, though, I doubt myself. You know, I doubt the things that I can accomplish. I, I doubt those things because it, 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 it ends up me being, trying to be Superman sometimes, and I'm not a Superman. You know, um, and then also I realize I'm the me that no one sees, right? Uh, I know the voice in my head. I know what's going on. And I'm glad that no one hears me sometimes when I'm riding down the street in my car, right? You know, I'm just like, when it's just me alone, I'm glad sometimes that it's just me and that no one hears. Um, I'll be honest with you, as a, as a pastor, I face major insecurities, right? I face, I face, am I doing this job well? Am I doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing? I'm my own worst enemy. I watch the service every Monday. You know, I go back and I watch the service on Monday and I go, that was terrible. Even if it was amazing, I still think that it was terrible. I have critical thoughts of myself. I go, I can always be better. And at times, I dislike myself on Sundays. You know, and I think that I share this with you because I think some of you feel that way as well. Maybe you don't dislike yourself on Sundays. Maybe you have other things that are going on. Maybe you dislike yourself as you're coming out of the grocery store because you bought things that you knew you shouldn't have bought. Maybe you dislike yourself after you're coming out of the gym because you knew that you didn't give it all that you had. Maybe you dislike yourself after whatever it is, whatever the struggle is that you're facing, whatever the critical thoughts that you have, maybe you face the same thing that I do, is that you just dislike yourself because you're going, I could have did better. I could have gave more effort. I could have did this or that. And see, sometimes I, you know, I get to this point where it's as small as I don't like what I said. Right? You ever think back? You ever had an argument with somebody? <laughs> I'm sure you have, right? You've had an argument with somebody and you go, I really wish I wouldn't have said that. I really wish I wouldn't have said those things. You know, it's amazing how easy it is to, in the heat of the moment, to allow something to slide out that you're like, oh my God, I didn't want to say that. And then you have to ride with it, right? You're like, of course I called you a mama's boy. I don't really know why, but I did. You know, and you just roll with it for a while. Or it's other times where you're like, I don't know how I said that because that's not actually how I feel or how I, I think about things. I, you know, or what it is is what you did or you didn't do. And see, then I go backwards, and I, the more critical I am of myself is that I also know that God knows all of my faults, that God knows them. And, 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 
and see, as I sit there, and I know he loves me, but I can't imagine why he would use me, right? I know, I go, I can't imagine as I'm going through these things, why would God use me? Because I am broken. I hurt, I, you know, and, and I think that some of us, we feel that way, right? We feel insecure, we feel inadequate, we feel insufficient. We, we can't be all things to all people. Now, if you feel that way, this message today is probably for you. If you feel that way, this message today is probably for you. Now, the rest of you who are confident, who are assured, who are the best of the best, the brightest of the brightest, the top of the class, you were voted most likely to succeed, the good news is God will still use you. That's the good news. But he specializes in using people that is broken. That's who he specializes in using. You know, and in his presence, his power, and to do his purpose, he utilizes those that are, that are broken because they can't come out and see, say, look at me. I, I did it all by myself and didn't need God, didn't need anybody else. And I, see, I think that most of, us, most of us battle these feelings of insecurity, inadequacy. And if God wants something done, we don't think that he wants to use us. We think that he wants to use somebody else. You know, see, some of you, you might use the excuse, I don't know a lot about the Bible, right? It, it, I've heard that a lot. Um, some people go, I don't feel that I'm prepared to share my faith. I just don't feel that I'm prepared for that. Some people, this is my favorite one, I don't feel comfortable praying out loud. Anybody in here, do you have that, do you have that feeling that you just go, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable praying out loud? And then some of us would go, I, I really, really really don't want to lead a group because I don't feel adequate that I could lead a group. So, and then some of you go, I, you know, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but I don't read the Bible every day. No, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, some of you go, Mike, but I still cuss occasionally. I do too, so you should know that too. <laughs> Mike, but I lose my temper. Oh, I, I do too. I do. I do. I do. I do. And then you might use the other excuses that I, I have this addiction, or I do this, or I, or I do these things. And, and, and you know, I know, I, I just want you to know something, is that God can still use you. You just have to start, you have to change your mindset. And I know that you're going, Mike, you don't understand, after all the things I've done wrong, after who I've hurt, after how, fallen, how much I've fallen short in certain situations, how I think, Mike, you just don't understand. How could God use me? How could God use me? And see, here's what I want you to know. And I need to remind you of this. And those of you that are watching at home, you need to be reminded of this. God knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. God knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. One time I saw a sticker and it said, God don't make no junk. Right? God don't make no junk. See, and that's the thing. I mean, it happened to be on the junk over car, but that's okay. It's still true. Let's remember what Paul says. And so we're going to look at Ephesians 2.20, and this is out of the NLT, so it's going to read a little differently than the NIV that you most of you have. And it says, we are God's, and I just want to stop here for a second, have you read it with me. What is it? Masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. So here's what it is. Look at the person next to you. Look at the person around you. Say, you are God's masterpiece. If you're at home, look at the TV, look at the mirror, whatever. You are God's masterpiece. You have to recognize you are God's masterpiece. And that word masterpiece, we, we need to look at this. And so we're going to look at the Greek here. Poyoma, okay, that word is a creation with a designed purpose. You, uh, you're, you're a workmanship. You're, you, you, you're, you're, you're a masterpiece. You are designed with a purpose. You are not just here to exist. You are not just here to sit on the couch. You are not just here to sit and do nothing. You are here for a purpose. See, the problem is most of us fail to actually step into the purpose that God has created us for. Most of us, we just go, well, yeah, I believe that God died for my, I believe that God sent Jesus, Jesus died for my sins, and now I just sit on the couch and watch tons and tons of whatever it is that you're watching because it's not biblical programming. 
Whatever it is that you're just sitting there and that is not a masterpiece. You know, see, what is a masterpiece? You, you look at Da Vinci, right? Where are Da Vinci's masterpieces located at? They're in museums. They're, 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 the Sistine Chapel. They're, they're places that people go and visit. People go to see them. People go experience them. Do people come to experience you? No. <sighs> see, here's the problem. You may laugh and say yes. But see, most people actually flee from the experience of us. Most people don't want to deal with us. Because if you're a true Christian, you're living your faith out loud, and most people go, I, don't, I can't deal with that, because I, I, so, <laughs> I'm about to make some real controversial statements, by the way. I just, just, just make you aware. It's about getting good. If you want to take notes about how you can blackmail me later, let's do it. So here's the deal. So you need to understand something about how God, how God has intended our purposes, right? It, the Bible says, so you hear this line so often that says, do not judge people, right? That's what you hear. God said, don't judge people. No, 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 no. That's not what scripture says. Scripture says that you're supposed to judge the believer and help them correct, right? So if you see somebody get baptized, you remember what I tell people when they get baptized? If I baptize you, guess what it says? You are now asking to be held accountable by other Christians. That's what it means. So when you are off doing your sin and you've been baptized, it is our job as believers to go, stop that. Not to go, well, I can't judge them. Because if I judge them, they're going to tell me that I suck too. Well, stop sucking. See, here's the thing. So, so don't go out and it just tells us clear. Don't point out the, 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 the speck in somebody's eye. You got a log protruding out of your face. Okay? Well, yeah. Okay? Don't have a log protruding out of your face. Start actually living what Scripture says. Start, start stepping into what God has called you to do. Stop thinking that the grace that you carry is this eternal grace that's over and over again, allowing you to continue to sin without actually facing the repercussions of that sin. See, that's the problem. We go, well, I'm saved by grace. You are saved by grace. But stop doing the same thing over and over again because Jesus, clear as day, told the woman at the well, stop doing that and follow me. But that's what he said. It wasn't a question of whether or not that she could continue sinning. He didn't say, hey, you've been the wife to many husbands. By the way, I want to make sure that it happens five or 6,000 more times. He never says that. He never comes out and says, please, please continue to live your life of sin. It's, it's so pleasing to me. It's so, it's so, I'm so grateful that I get to just continue to forgive you. It's my gift to give. That's not what he tells us. He doesn't tell us this, that we're supposed to just continue living this life of sin. He says, no, turn away from that. Remember, I told you it's about to get controversial. See, the problem is we come in here, maybe not all of you. Some of you, I, you actually, let me rephrase this. All of you are absolutely perfect. You don't live lives of sin. You know, you don't, you, you don't do any of those. You're just absolutely perfect. So, so now for all of you that are watching online, Let's change this up a little bit. See, here's, see, when you start to think about this, is that what sort of life are you living? See, are you, you know, when you start thinking about the gifts, the gifts that are given to us, right? What does it tell us? The gift of joy, happiness, peace. Are those things that people can say that they, they experience from you? Or like with me, I can tell you is that I know that people experience anger, shortness. People experience... My, they can experience my attitude. My, they don't experience joy and peace for me often. You know, and, and, and so that's why we have to start looking at this and go, have we really received the gifts of the Spirit? Or did we just come in here and raise our hands, I accept you, Jesus, thank you for forgiving my sins, but now I'm going to go out and sin some more. Because that's what we do. That's what we do. We, 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 you know, we don't, we don't have people come up front because I don't want to make you uncomfortable, right? I just don't go, hey, come on up here. Let me, let me make you uncomfortable. Let me make sure that everybody knows that you were saved. But maybe that's what we need to do because we've gotten to this point where people, 
they just take it as just, I'll just raise my hand again next week in service. I'll just click the button that I'm saved. I'll just sit at home and watch, watch service on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you're consuming this at, and just go, yep, that's enough. It's not. It's not. Hebrews tells us very clear. Hebrews, Hebrews 10.25, it says, let us not forsake meeting together so that way we can be encouraged by other believers. How are you being encouraged sitting on the couch? How are you being encouraged when you come in here, you don't talk to anybody, you just sit down in your seat, you sip your coffee, you scowl at people, mm, leave me alone, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, man, what happened in here? Like, what, Didn't you want to come and be encouraged, have people build you up? Or did you just want to come in here and be a jerk? Because if you're a jerk in here, imagine how much of a jerk you are on the streets. Uh, I mean, and see, that's what's happening. We're dealing with that. And so when you were trying to be thinking about something to be experienced, here we go, well, I invited somebody, Mike. Well, they, you invited somebody and you're a jerk. They're not going to go to the church that's helping you be a jerk. Be something that people want to experience. That, that, that masterpiece. Be something that, you know what, people spend thousands of dollars to go see the Mona Lisa. They want to go experience it in person. And I go, it's just some chick who looks unhappy. Why are you going to do that? But it's a piece of art. People want to go see the Sistine Chapel. They want to go see what was painted on the ceiling. Why? Because it's something to experience. It's a masterpiece. Be something that somebody wants to experience. Be something that people want to be there for you. See, you are God's poetic statement. You are, you are beautiful. You are valuable. Stop acting like you aren't. When you walk out of here, you act like you're not beautiful. You act like you're not, you're not something that people want to desire. You are custom designed. I don't know if you know that. Each one of you are custom designed. Not a single person in here is a dead, well... In here, not a single person is identical. Because there are some people out there that share DNA and everything. But for the most part, for you, you are custom designed. You are tailor-made by the creator himself. And that's what you have to be thinking about. See, God gave you the right personality, the right gifts, the right mindset, the right temperament. You were born at the right time to do good works. See, the problem is you've allowed... Remember how I told you guys is that when you're born, you're not born with the spirit of fear, right? When you're born, you're not born with the spirit of anger. Did you know that? Did you know that when, you, when, you, when you're born, your body does not get up and go, I hate people today. No, in fact, you actually crave people. You cry for them. You cry out to them. You're going, you're going God, God, please send me somebody. I am hungry. I want this. I need my butt changed. You are crying out for it, right? That's what happens as a baby. You're not born angry. You get, you're made angry. You're made with an attitude. You're made with those things. And so what we have to do, as we talked about this last week, is getting rid of those things that are bad, getting rid of those negatives, getting rid of that, that anger that we have, and embracing what is true. And so if you embrace what is true, God gave you a personality. God gave you the right gifts. God gave you the right mindset. God gave you the right temperament. You have to cast away the learned behavior and embrace what is true, and embrace what God has given to you. He planned, before you were even born, what you were going to do. He planned for it. And we have to remember that. And so, the other thing that you have to remember is that when God <laughs> tells you, I'm going to use you, you cannot believe when the devil tells you that God can't use you, you're a mess. You have to believe that. You have to shout, I was a mess, but now I'm a masterpiece. That's what you have to shout back with. Who does God most often use? Big question, right? And if you look carefully at Scripture, we're going to answer these things fairly fast and fairly easily. And when you look at it, there's three different types of people that God uses on a regular basis. Number one, God uses the unlikely. God uses the unlikely. And you may remember, God told the prophet Samuel, and some of you, you may not remember because you've never actually read any of this portion of the Bible, but God told the prophet Samuel to appoint the next Israel, the next king of Israel. And scripture says in 1 Samuel 16, 6, it says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eli and thought, surely 
the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So here's the thing, and I love this, right? Because God is looking for qualities that people overlook, right? God is looking for somebody, and so Samuel looks at all the qualified candidates, and one by one, and he's about to give up. But a father comes by, and you may know him as Ben Jesse, and he said, but there's one more, the youngest. A junior shepherd is out walking in the fields with the sheep. And see, when you see this, David is the youngest. David is always, in the young, if you're the youngest in the family, you're the least likely to be used. And God said, that's the one I choose. So, what you may be thinking is for yourself, you may be going, I'm going to be the least likely to be used. I'm the least likely to be God's masterpiece. I'm the least likely for this. But see, what you got to understand is that God is actually looking for that unlikely person that is the last, that is the, you, you know, I love when Gideon is in, he's thrashing wheat, right, in a wine press, and he's there, and he goes, but I am the least of my family. I am the smallest. I, and we are, we, I am nothing. And here's what he says. He says, go in the strength that I have already given to you, my mighty warrior. See, that's what you need to recognize as a, as a man in this room, you are a mighty warrior. And as a woman in this room, you are a mighty princess. You are the mighty, you know, what, I, I don't know. You can be a warrior as well. You can. But wouldn't you rather be a princess? I mean, I'm just kind of, no? no? Huh? <laughs> All good. See, you're warrior princesses. There it is. Athena, you're right up here. You need some water. See, if you've ever felt overlooked, see, God loves to use those that are overlooked by others. God loves to use them. You know, and see, what you have to do is you have to start thinking about it. See, like for me, I know that I, I, I feel that God would overlook me on a regular basis because how I respond to situations sometimes. Because I can go from, from very calm to very angry in, in the snap of a, of a finger and the, and the, the blink of an eye, right? I, I can go from being, you know, I can go from being, wow, laughing, having a great time to being very angry in the matter of blinking eyes, and I'm there. And I, and I think that most men in here we can say the same thing, is that we can, go from, we can go from this to that very fast. We can. And see, you have to realize is that for me... God utilizes that deficiency to be something that I can reach others with. Because I can talk about how I'm angry. I can talk about these, and other people will go, well, I've been there too. But see, think about this. Some of you, some of you have an experience where you go, well, I've been in prison for this. I was abused by this person. I didn't graduate high school. I was divorced twice. I, I, I was addicted to this. I was homeless for two years. How God can use you to come out of this is one of those things that you can use your testimony to reach other people. Stop thinking that because you have a past doesn't mean that you have a future and that future is helping other people. And that's what happens. We get so caught up in it. And we go, I'm not going to be able to do what God has asked me to do. I'm not gonna be able, and I'm going to be overlooked by other people. God specializes in using the unlikely to accomplish the impossible. He does. He utilizes that. And so what I want to do is I want to encourage you to stop believing what people say about you. I want to encourage you to believe what's, what God says about you. And so who does God specialize in using? God specializes in using the unlikely, and God specializes in using the insecure. All right? God specializes in using the insecure. I just talked to you. You may remember in the book of Judges, at the Israelites have sinned, that God gave them into the hands of the evil ministers. And a guy named Gideon was insecure. He was, fr he was afraid. He's hiding. And, a and an angel appears with him. He says, you are, God is with you, you mighty warrior. And he's chosen you, he's chosen you to rescue the, Israel, the Israelites from the Midianites. That's what he says. God's chosen you. You that are insecure. You that are, that are lost. You that, you that are hiding. And so God has chosen you to help reach and help rescue this community. 
God's chosen each one of you. And you may be going, well, you know, I hear the excuse, well, Mike, I'm moving in 30 days. Okay. God still chose you. God still said, I want you to reach people for whatever community you're going to. God, you may be going, I'm going to be doing this, or I'm going to be in this place, or I'm going to be doing this, or I'm going to be at work, nobody is a believer, or whatever it is. God has chosen you to be that person, to be his representative everywhere you go. He chose you. And so you have to recognize that you are a mighty warrior, and you can, uh, you can continue to preach the gospel. You can continue to live your faith out loud. You can continue to do these things when people are talking about you, when people are putting you down. When people say all these things, you go, well, well, look, you just made a mistake. Of course I made a mistake. I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. <sighs> you would think that Gideon would be like how a lot of us with our well, if an angel of the Lord showed up and told me to go, I'd be good. I'd go, right? Is that what would happen? I mean, if an angel of the Lord walked in here right now, walked up to you and said, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to do some work, you'd be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> you're going to wait? You're going to be like, you're like, oh, go out. No, 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 no. I need confirmation. Yeah, but Gideon does. Gideon knows. He goes, Gideon goes, I need to fleece this. And we use that statement, I need to fleece this, where you had to put out a fleece and and you got and then he tests him. You know, one time it it needs to be wet, but the ground dry. No, no, no. The ground needs to be wet, but the place needs to be dry. Like, I, I mean, really, you're gonna test God like that? <laughs> that's what happens, you know. And, and and see, that's how we are. If the angel of the Lord comes upon you and says you have work to do, and you go, yeah, no, 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 no. I need some proof. There's probably something wrong. There's probably something that's a little deeper. See. With Gideon, his insecurities shouted louder than God's affirmation. With us, it's the same thing. Our insecurities shout louder than God's affirmation. We have to get better at listening to what Scripture says, at listening to what the Word says, and going, God's affirmation is so much better than my insecure thoughts. Our insecure thoughts are what make it to where we don't do the work. It makes it to where we, got, we have that can't-do attitude. Do you, do you understand that how much you can do? You can do infinite more than you think you can as long as you put your mind to it. Anybody, anybody ever heard of, of BUDS training? B-U-D-S. And it's actually done by the, the United States Navy. You may have heard it in another way. It's called SEAL training, right? Anybody ever heard of SEAL training? Maybe once. One, so here's the thing. You get, they, call, they have a week. It's called Hell Week right? In a hell week, you cannot go to sleep, essentially. They go the whole week long. They keep you up. They make you do physical activity. And it's the week that 85% of people fail. 85% of people fail out. And see, when you start thinking about this, the 15% have a different mindset. And that mindset is what the Navy actually wants. They don't care if you can actually physically, well, they do care about the physical portion of it, but they don't care if you can actually do a lot of the work. They're willing to train you for that. That's the reason why there's four more weeks at the end of it, right? SEAL training's nine weeks. And at, four, at week five, which is hell week, so you have four weeks of training, then you have week five, and then you have four more weeks at the end of it. And so what they're doing is they're going, we want to see if you have the mental ability to do what it takes. If you're mentally in the right spot, not physically. So they keep you up and they look for your attitude and they're looking for people who believe they can do it. I can do this. I can stay up for seven days. I can, I can do it on an hour's sleep here and there and every once in a while. And they have the mindset of going, I can do this because I have the strength. That God has given me the power to do this. It's the mindset. We have the mindset. Most of us in this room have the mindset of going, I can't do it. I can't. I can't do this. I can't, I, I can't, I'm tired. I don't feel up to it. I don't feel this. I don't feel that God is leading me in that direction. What does scripture say? What is God asking you to do? And if you go, I don't know what scripture says, then spend more time in scripture. Spend more time with God. Spend more time in prayer. Stop trying to get up and just go about your day going, I'm going to live within the spirit, but not actually spend any time with the spirit. And you may just go, I'm just going to get up every day and I don't care if God's there or not. I can tell you that your day sucks then probably. <sighs> Judges 6.15. The Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe and I am the least in my entire family. 
See, God is going to call you. He's going to stir you. He's going to move you to do something. It could be to serve at church. It could be to share your faith. It could be to witness at a school, at witness at work. It could be to do something. And you're going to say, but Lord. But Lord, how can I do it? I'm, I didn't go and get an MDiv. I didn't go and spend any time in Bible school. I didn't actually read my Bible this morning. But Lord, I didn't actually spend any time with you today in prayer. But Lord, how are you going to use me? Instead of saying, but Lord, you need to tell him why you are the best person to be used. But Lord, no, 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 it should be, yes, I am the person you want to choose for this. I am the one that you want to use to reach this community. I am. And see, that's where you need to change. You have to have this heart change. You have to go, God, use me any way that you possibly can. Let me be a little vulnerable with you. Right? So... I, uh, as I was, as I was going through and I was, so mind you, I was serving at another church, right? And we served at a, we served at a church that struggles now. I mean, and so, uh, as they're going through the struggles now, it, rem- it rem- reminds me of the struggles I went through 10 years ago when we walked out of the door there and, um, or 12 years ago, however long it's been now, but it's been long enough to where it's a memory. But I remember very clear when I walked in the door and the senior pastor at the time looked at me and he said, you will never be good enough to be a senior pastor of a church. He's all, your personality is too commanding. You're going to take over the room. And he's all, you're never going to allow yourself to hear from the spirit. So he told me. And so I struggled with that. You know, at the first, I wasn't a great speaker. Like I could command a room, but I wasn't a great speaker. I, I get nervous in front of new people. You guys may not know that. But when people walk in here, if this room was filled with new people, I'd be like, I would stutter my whole way through this thing. I just do. And I'll just tell you, all you had to do was be at the last concert when I opened. I I got up there and I had no idea what I said at the end of it. I walked off stage and I go, that was absolutely terrible. I don't know what I just said. Anybody in the room, right? I I was trying to impress people that I don't even know, that probably are never going to see again. Actually, I've had people come up to me like, hey, you're the guy who put on, but... We started a business, had a business fail. You know, we, we, you know and, I, and I just tell you is that you start looking through this and go, I look at all of those past and I look at all that stuff that's happened, but yet God still continued to use me. As I was, even as I was told, you can't do this. I was told that you don't have the right heart for this. You don't have the right attitude for this. And I'd already experienced a failure in my life, a major failure. See, when God calls you, the devil is going to try and stop you. So that's what's going to happen. And see, what happens is one of the greatest tools that the devil has to attack you is your self-worth. Attack that. If I attack your self-worth, if you think that you are worth nothing, then you will believe you are worth nothing and you will do nothing for God. So if he attacks that, then that's what's going to make it to where you're not going to do any of the work that he's asked you to do. Who do you think you are? That's That's a statement from the devil. You're not ready. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. Those are all statements that are from the devil, not a single one of them is from God. Not a single one of them is from God going, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. Because he created you to be a masterpiece. He wants people to experience you. He wants people to get to know you. He wants people to look at you and go, Man, I, I, not that he wants people to pay to experience you, but he wants people to experience you in such a manner that you look and you go, man, I, I, I am worth something. I am something in somebody's eyes. And see, if you think about it, God wants to use you. He said this. He said, each one of you are my ambassadors. You are the ones that I'm sending out to do the work. If it wasn't the case, then God wouldn't be, (laughs) if God didn't want to use you, the devil wouldn't be fighting against you so much. Think about this. The mindsets you have, the stuff that you have going on, it's all about the devil fighting so hard against you going, we can't, I can't allow Melinda to do the work that that I've asked her to do, that God's asked her to do, because if, if that happens, this keeps this many people out of hell. I can't ask Jeffrey to do the work. If Jeffrey does the work, then I, I got to put a stop to this. This is what the devil goes through. The devil goes, I can't allow him to do it. I can't allow Susan. I can't allow everybody in this room. The devil is continuing to attack you to prevent you from doing the work that God has asked you to do to prevent people from going to hell. Right? That's what's happening. And see, our insecurities 
makes it to where we're going, oh, we believe the lies so much easier than we believe the truth. We believe the lies that continue to be spilled out to us. And we're going, God, God, why is it that I'm facing these struggles? Because you continue to listen to the lies. Stop listening to the lies. You, you, you may not have a lot of confidence in yourself. Good. Good. See, I want you to know something. Did you know the word confidence comes from the word confide? Con means with. Fide means faith, right? Having confidence doesn't mean you believe in you, right? It doesn't mean that you believe in you. It means that you have faith in God. Having confidence. Real confidence is when you put your faith into what God says about you. That's what real confidence is. is when you put your faith in what God says about you. Gideon said, I am the least likely. Gideon was about to learn that God uses the least to do the most. God uses the least to do the most. Just think about this for a little bit. My father-in-law will gladly tell you that in any church that he's ever attended, the least amount of people do the most amount of work. Every church that you go to, there's five or six volunteers that you see on a regular basis and they do all the work. The other 80 people just show up and be like, oh man, I love the work that they do here. You know, they just come strolling in. They got confidence. They got all that stuff. They walk in that way. That's how it is. By the way, I just want to give you another little statistic. Only 20% of you give. So you can look around the room and go, I'm the one giving. And you may look around and go, but they aren't, right? It's just a true statement. That's how it works. If you're a giver, you know who you are. And if you're not, then you can just look and go, mm, shame on you. You know, I mean, I don't have to say anything. You just know now. That's how it works, though. The least do the most. It's never been the other way, because I've told you guys time and time again, could you imagine if everybody in every church in the world decided to start tithing? They just started tithing. In three weeks, there'd be no world hunger. It would, it would cease to exist. There would be no more world hunger. And, and eight weeks after that, we wouldn't have anybody who needed water. We would solve these issues very fast if Christians did what Christians are supposed to do. That's it. And I know that some of you are going, Mike, it's my first week here. Cool. Now you know. Next week, you're part of the family. But, but after, I mean, just think about this. Just think what you're supposed to be doing. And I know that we come from different backgrounds. I can't, you guys, I was raised Catholic. And a Catholic, you know, when I, went, I remember being a kid. I remember being a kid in service. And I remember sitting in the pews, right? You know, we had these hard pews. They never thought about putting any cushions down. They were like, you know, we want you to be uncomfortable because that way you can rise and sit and rise and sit. You, you look forward to them going, all right, everybody, please stand. You're like, yes, my butt has been hurting. And so, they, <laughs> but I remember when it came time for the offering, they would put that plate, they have that plate on a stick, right? And they'd come to you and they'd just let it sit in front of you. And you'd be like, no, 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 I don't have anything. They'd be like, Better put something. <laughs> they just, just leave it in front of you. You'd be like, you're like, uh, um. <laughs> you find something. You'd be like, I guess I'm, here you go. You know. <laughs> I don't know if that's worth anything, but it's yours now. <laughs> that's how it goes, right? That's what would happen. And so you would sit there. I'm, I'm like, or, or even Jesus. Jesus, when it came time to give it, he stood at the offering bucket and he stood there and he watched. And he watched people as they walked. He, you know, if Jesus was standing at the offering bucket as you walked out of here, guess what? putting something in there. <laughs> I, promise, I promise you, you'd be walking by, you'd be like, Jesus, how you doing? Here, here's that 10%, I promise. <laughs> but, we, this isn't a message about giving. It just kind of fit in right there. But that's what happens, right? The least end up giving the most, end up serving the most, end up reaching the most amount of people, end up doing the most amount of work for God because they believe what God says rather than what the devil says about them. See, the devil's telling you, you can't, you'll never be able to do this. You'll never amount to anything. You can't do that. And then he's also going, you can't afford to give. You can't do this. You can't do that. You believe the lies. You're believing the lies. God often uses the least to do the most. God uses the unlikely. God uses the insecure. And God uses failures. God uses failures. See, let's go back. Now let's go to the night before Jesus is about to be crucified. You may remember, right after Jesus is arrested, and he's taken before the high priest, Peter sat down with some people by a fire, and a little girl pointed at Peter and said, Hey, 
this guy was with Jesus. <laughs> this guy right here, right? Like straight up snitched him out. Is what happens, right? And so Peter replied, man, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You got the wrong dude. Isn't this, this is like how we are. Like, <laughs> you straight have a shaggy move happening right now. I, it wasn't me. No, 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 no. You, you got the wrong mindset here. And he just, Peter replies, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Like, like could you imagine? Like, the rooster crows, Jesus looks at you and goes, I told you, you liar. You know, <laughs> why are you being fake? You, you know, that's exactly, could you imagine being Peter? Because Peter's like sitting here going, oh, he caught me, <laughs> you know. Like, like, oh, no. and see, and P then Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken before. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Have you ever blown it big time? Yeah. Each one of us has blown it big time at least once. One time that we've done it and we we're just like, man. And see, what happens is when we blow it big time, we feel embarrassed, we feel ashamed, and we feel unworthy. That's what happens. It just, it just goes that way. And see, it may have been public failure, right? Anybody ever had a public failure? I've had some public failures. Like, I'm a big dude, right? And so sometimes you bend over, and all of a sudden you hear that, and you go, oh, wait a minute here. <laughs> Everybody's getting the wrong type of show. That's what's happening right now, right? So some of you have, you know, some of you have had a public failure like that. Some of you have had a public failure where you've lost your temper in public. I remember, so I remember clear as day one time, I was sitting in the back seat of my mom's car. And I was sitting there, and her and the guy she was dating at the time started this argument. And they pulled into a gas station, and then they got out of the car and were arguing in front of the car. And, like, they got into this argument to where people were stopping as they were driving by to watch the show that started happening. I was embarrassed in the car for them, right? I was sitting in the car trying to find a blanket to hide under. Like, what can I do so that people don't know that I'm related to that chick? But some of you have done that, and you've just lost your temper in public. You just had it happen. You, you had something, and you, or you said something that you shouldn't have said. Like you said something in public, and you're like, oh, that's going to come back to haunt me. Or how, about, how many of us have made some bad financial decisions? Ooh. I remember one time I bought a car. When my, my car payment was more than my house payment is today. Yeah. It was pretty good. It's a nice car for a while. <laughs> what about one time we lied and we got caught in that lie? You know, and you just look and you just go, I thought that out so well. And that's probably why you got caught. <laughs> you, you lied too much. Or you hurt somebody close to you. You know, it happens, right? We hurt somebody close to us. Or we battle addiction. Or we betrayed our family. You were battling addiction, you sold our TV and you betrayed this family. Or you crushed those that that love you. You just come back and you're just like, you're just a terrible person to those. Or it could be a private failure. You have a secret addiction. You have something that you've been hiding from people. Or what you say or what you did, it's something that you may not have gotten caught, but you continue to deal with it daily. See, Peter denied Jesus. And what did Jesus say to Peter after the resurrection? He doesn't come up to him and go, hey, you blew it, buddy. Done. You're cut off. Go out there and wander the desert. He doesn't ever come. He goes, you know what? I can't ever trust you again. You're just, you know, I can't give you anything worth anything because you'll just, you'll just lie about it and give it away to the little girl at the, at the campfire. Perfect timing on the laughing. I love it. See, and that's what happens. See, no, Jesus loves Peter through that. He forgives him. And he uses Peter to reach countless people. I don't know if you guys know this, is that, but... He tells that I'm going to build my church upon this rock. If you ever go and you ever get back to the Vatican, do you know who's buried in the basement of the Vatican? Peter's buried in the basement of the Vatican, along with every pope since then. And so, well, you, you may not know that. But, what? He's there. There's a tomb underneath the Vatican, and it's filled with every pope since, since Peter. Minus the ones that when they were exiled to England. So when they were exiled to England, there was two popes that passed away before, during that time. 
And when they came back, every other pope had been buried there. And see, here's what Peter tells him. He, or here's what Peter, Jesus tells Peter at Pentecost. He says, repent and be baptized. He said, every one of you. This is what, he, this is what, this is what Peter goes out and tells us in the community. He says, so he, reaches to, he uses Peter to reach countless people. And he tells him, go out, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to that number that day. By the way, that's 3,000 men. Women weren't counted at that time. So that's 3,000, and children weren't counted at that time either. So he, who better to preach about forgiveness than somebody who had been forgiven? Who better to preach about it? So it, God uses people who fail. There aren't any other types around. You guys know that, right? All of us have failed at something. All of us are failures at something. We have done something to where we look back. And if you are absolutely perfect, I told you this message may not be for you. But for everybody else in this room, we've all had a failure. We've all seen, and, and we all have our excuses. So this is, I want you to go through these here real quick. Jacob was a cheater. Moses was a murderer. David had an affair. Jonah ran from God. Elijah was depressed. Miriam was a gossip. Martha was a worrier. Thomas was a doubter. Paul killed Christians. Do you feel better? Because God used all of them. God used all of them to do amazing work. All of them. We, we read about them two, three, four thousand years later, and we look at the work that they did in order to further the kingdom of God. A cheater, a murderer, somebody who had an affair, somebody who ran from God, somebody who was depressed, somebody who was a gossip, somebody who was a worrier, a doubter, somebody who actually went off and made it a mission to wipe out Christians. And yet God still used all of them. Do you think your sin is that bad? Do you think your failures are that bad? Do you think your struggles are that bad? See, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And, and see, in fact, God wants to use you in church. God wants to use you in community. God wants to use you out loving this community. God wants to use you to do an amazing work. See, if you're not serving in God's kingdom, if you're not serving for God's kingdom, God is likely speaking to you now. God's likely going, you need to be involved. So you may be feeling insecure. You may be feeling unlikely. And you may feel too bad to serve the church. That's exactly when God wants to step in and have you do the work that he's asked you to do. That's exactly when he wants to happen. He doesn't want to wait for you to get it all together for you to start serving. That's not what it's about. See, the devil will tell you you can't make a difference. God will tell you in Christ you can. The devil will tell you what you're not. God will tell you what you are. You are righteous in God. That's what you are. You are righteous in Christ. You are an ambassador of the Most High. You are a masterpiece, a workmanship. You are created to do good works. These are all things that you were created for. God prepared you in advance for just this time, just this moment to do the work. So stop doubting yourself. Stop doubting what God has called you to do. throat's starting to hurt. That means I've been talking for a little bit. <laughs> what I want you to do is I want you to take a moment and I want you to close your eyes with me. Just close your eyes. If you're watching at home, close your eyes. If you happen to be driving in a vehicle right now, keep your eyes open and on the road. <laughs> but close your eyes and I just want you to think about this and I just want you to, I just want you to, 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 to say this prayer to yourself. And maybe just even asking, just go, God, use me. God, use me to do the work that you've asked me to do. Use me to, to do what you created me to do. God, I am your ambassador. Help me push away all of this that is blocking me from doing that, all the, the obstacles that I've created, all the things that I've put in front of me, and the lies that I've believed from the devil. And help me do the work that you've asked me to do. With your eyes closed, I just want you to, to, in your mind, just start removing the things that you have put in place that prevent you from doing the work. 
Whatever that obstacle is, whatever the lie that you believed is, but I, I don't have enough time, remove that, because God gave you the exact same amount of time that he gave the person sitting next to you. Uh, God, I don't, have enough, I don't have enough energy for this. You, you have enough energy as soon as you start spinning out of control from the depression that you've been carrying that's been weighing you down. Just remove these things. Just start removing the obstacles that have been placed into and that maybe you've put in front of you or maybe the devil's put in front of you. Just start removing these things. Going, I don't have the strength. Go with the strength that I've already given you, my mighty warrior, my mighty warrior princess. Go with what you have. Just start with the first shovel full as you're starting to dig the hole. Remove all of these things that are in front of you. Just, just this mindset of going, I can't, God, I know that you created me to do more. Help me remove these obstacles. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the reset button. Thank you for helping us remove the obstacles, the, the doubts, the insecurities, the failures that have held us back from doing the work because you, you use our greatest failures to be our greatest testimony to others. Father, help us do the work that you've created us to do, that you've created us as a masterpiece. We are your workmanship, that you've said that I've created you individually for a specific purpose to go out and reach this person or this group of people or to love on this community and not to be afraid of holding people accountable, but, but continuing to love and, and help guide those back into your loving embrace. Father, as I... As each one of us continue to hear the words of doubt, help us continue to hear the words of affirmation from you that you are, that we recognize that we are your child, that we are your masterpiece, that we are good enough, that we are strong enough, and gosh gone it, people like us. <laughs> Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for even the loving correction that you've offered right now. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.